Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Mean Old Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched, and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge. Because as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birthed this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls, with Dr. Plenty. Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pearls Podcast with me, Dr. Nicole Plenty. So far in this year, do you think it's getting better or do you think it's the same as last? So I know going from December 31st to January 1st is just another day. But for me, the new year is always a fresh start. So nothing super crazy other than all these COVID cases has happened this year. So in my opinion, It's a better year. Hopefully this year is either full of babies if you want them. And if you don't want them or you're done having them, then prayerfully this year is full of rejuvenation for you. Well, if you're new to the podcast, you know that the topics I cover are based on questions I've been asked over the previous week. So these topics aren't random. I know some of y'all think, oh, she's just picking these random topics. No, y'all requested this information. So This week, we're covering a basic women's health topic that can relate to pregnancy, but doesn't have to be related to pregnancy. And that's what condoms don't protect you against. So I know that if you're using a condom, you're trying not to get pregnant. But this is a women's health topic that we need to talk about because you think that everything is is going to you're all good if you're using a condom. And that's not necessarily true. So. Interestingly enough, I've received several questions about STDs and how certain people got STDs, even if they wore a condom and they want to know how. Well, folks, we have to remember condoms are great. If you're single and you're sexually active, definitely make sure he's wearing one or you're wearing a female condom, but they don't protect against everything. So any disease You can contact or you can come into contact with skin to skin. A condom will not protect you against. Why? Well, it's because these lesions are not just in the vagina and on the penis and areas that's covered by a condom. Lesions can be on the thighs. They can be on the mons, which is the hair area above the labia. Or they can be on the base of the penis covered by hair. Lesions can be on the testicles, they can be in the anus, they can be in the butt creeps, they can be anywhere, okay? And when you're having sex with a condom, the condom doesn't cover the penis, all the hair, all the testicles. And a female condom doesn't cover the mons, the labia, the anus, and all those other areas. But sex is a contact sport, or so I say it is. So all those areas are coming in contact with that other person. So if you have a lesion that's an active lesion, then the other person can get infected, right? So unless you're wearing like, you know, 
people joke about like a body condom. Like you just put the condom from your head all the way down. Well, then you can be protected. But then, if, you know, how can you actually have sex if, if that's an actual thing? Anyway, so the most common conditions that are not protected against with a condom are genital herpes or what we abbreviate as HSV, genital warts or HPV, molluscum, pubic lice, and syphilis. Okay, so let's talk about HSV first. So HSV has two types. So you have type one and you have type two. Type one usually causes oral lesions or cold sores, and type two usually causes general uh, general lesions. You can have lesions um, for type one in the genital area, though, and we commonly see this because people partake in oral sex, and that way you can get your oral lesion or your canker sore in the vagina. So make sure not to do this. Don't have oral sex if your partner or you has a cold sore. These lesions are spread skin to skin contact and can cause very painful lesions. Okay. They're usually uh, like a sore with like little raised edges. Okay. Um, And they usually burn if you urinate over them. Okay. So you probably know if you have an HSV lesion because you're feeling, you know, pain, itching, you know, you have symptoms with this one. With primary HSV, people usually only have a couple of lesions, okay? Secondary, you could have a lot of lesions, but everyone's different, okay? So it may be somebody's first outbreak and they have a whole bunch of lesions, or it may be somebody's second outbreak and they only have one. So everybody's different with it. Um, The secondary outbreak usually isn't as severe as your first outbreak. So severe, you're gonna have a lot of symptoms. Secondary outbreak, people may not have as many symptoms. And most people only have one or two lifetime outbreaks, but- you're more likely to experience an outbreak if you're immunocompromised, okay? Like when your system is down. So when you're sick, if you have COVID, we see people have general outbreaks, okay? We see people with cold sores. If you're undergoing stress, you're stressed out at your job, that may be a reason you get an outbreak. If you're pregnant, remember your immune system is down. Let's say you've only had one lifetime outbreak when you were 18. You're pregnant at 32. Yeah, you are more likely to get uh, have an outbreak in pregnancy, especially as you go into labor, because labor is a very stressful process. So you're more likely to have an outbreak then. Um, the treatment is either oral Valtrex or acyclovir um, for that. So this these lesions are very treatable, but HSV stays with you for the rest of your life. So the virus lays dormant and then you can get an outbreak at those times whenever you are in a state of stress or immunocompromised. Pubic lice. So pubic lice are just what it is. It's like head lice, okay, except for it's in the pubic area. And if you have hair, those pubic lice can go from one hair covering area to another hair covering area, okay? And so it's it can be very, very hard to treat pubic lice. So you definitely need to let your provider know. And uh, you have to practice, you know, good hygiene and they'll give you um, medication to apply. And usually, you know, you have pubic lice because you will itch, okay? Because those little creepy crawly things in the pubic hair, you will itch, 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 okay? And so you should not have sex if you're having symptoms of itching, especially if you see a pubic lice, you should not... um, You should not uh, partake in sex, but most people don't see them. They just feel itch, 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 and then they go and get um, an examination and the physician will find that they have pubic lice that needs to be treated treated, uh, with medication. Now, 
HPV, okay, those are genital warts, okay? They're caused by what's called human papilloma virus. That's what HPV stands for, human papilloma virus. And most likely type 6 and 11 um, can cause warts, but there are a plethora of different strains of this virus that cause genital warts. Um, HPV is actually the most common STD with over 43 million infections uh, reported in 2018. This is also the virus that causes cervical cancer. So the goal is for prevention of this because HPV, your body can rid that virus, especially if you're young. So that's why now we don't do pap smears on people that are younger than 21 because we know that people that have HPV at 16 or 17, they are more likely to clear the virus naturally on their own and this not progress to cervical cancer or cause any warts. Um, But the goal is for prevention, right? There is a vaccine that protects against the most common forms of the virus that cause warts and infection, okay? So if you're under age 26, and you haven't been vaccinated, you need to talk to your provider about it. If you have kids that are 11 or up, you need to make sure you're talking um, to their primary care physician, their pediatrician about initiating the vaccine. And boys can get vaccinated, right? Boys don't get cervical cancer, but we know that HPV can cause some some anal and testicular cancers as well. So we want to prevent them from those, although those forms of cancer are way far less common than cervical cancer. But you don't want your son to be giving a virus that can cause a woman to have cervical cancer. So we want both boys and girls to be vaccinated. And some people think, oh, we're talking about vaccinating them against something that a virus that's sexually transmitted. That's basically encouraging them to have sex. That is not true. I mean, eventually these people, these teenagers will grow up to be adults who will have their own sex life. Okay, let's be realistic. We want our kids to be virgins until they marry, but the likelihood that they're going to be a virgin until they're married and the person they marry is going to be a virgin until they're married is really, really low. Okay. So we want to make sure that we're protecting our kids' futures by making sure they get vaccinated early. Okay. Even if they're waiting until adulthood to get vaccinated, we should still encourage um, our, our girlfriends. We should encourage our kids to get vaccinated especially if you're under 26 but if you let's say you don't have many sexual partners even up to age 45 you could be a candidate for vaccination so talk to your OBGYN about that if you are listening you haven't been vaccinated against HPV because it may not be too late for you to get vaccinated syphilis I know people think well I use a condom that's going to protect me against syphilis okay most times it does but syphilis can cause painless lesions called shankers okay So many people don't know they have these syphilitic lesions because they don't have any pain, okay? And if you're not looking down there and feeling around, you may not know that you have a a lesion of syphilis. So that's why it's crucial to get checked frequently, to make sure you know your body. And if you feel something there, even if it's not painful, don't just assume that it's just like a little bump that won't go away. Like if it's a, if you see a sore down there, even though it's not painful, get that checked out to make sure that that's not syphilis. And can that, that can be easily treated with penicillin. There's no reason for you to have syphilis long-term if you can get uh, a treatment so easily. And then molluscum. So molluscum contagiosis is a virus that manifests as tiny little bumps on the skin. It's actually highly contagious. And we commonly see these lesions in kids. No, it's not sexually active in kids. They go on the playground 
you know, they're playing on the same equipment. Somebody has molluscum, the next kid has molluscum. But we we can see it in adults through sexual activity as well, okay? They don't cause any long-term health problems. They don't cause any harm, but you do need to get them te- uh, checked out. Um, they're easily treated as a virus. They'll give you creams to treat those uh, lesions with and or steroids. So just if you find something that wasn't there on your body, whether it's painful or not, Get them checked out so you can get treated because sometimes it could be something that you got from sexual activity and you don't even know it because condoms don't protect you against everything. So these are the main ones that condoms don't protect you you against. Now, I want to make sure I'm telling you, I am not telling you not to wear a condom. Okay, because I know some people like, well, if it's not going to protect me against everything, I'm not going to wear it. Don't be silly. Okay. Please wear a condom if you are sexually active, especially if you are sexually active with different people, okay? Even sometimes when you're sexually active with the same person, you may want to wear a condom, okay? Unless it's the same person you've been monogamous with for a long time or it's your husband. And even then, you know, your husband's... I'm not going to go there, okay? Protect yourself, okay? Condoms do protect you against 98% of STDs, okay? 98% effective. I just want you to be mindful that there are still some STDs that you can catch if you are not careful. Okay. All right. So now that we know a little bit more about things that condoms don't protect you against, let's go to some cases. Our first case is a 31 year old who presents for information about genital warts. She's been told that she shouldn't get pregnant with a history of genital warts because the baby could have birth defects because of the disease. She presents for factual information so that she can decide whether she should try to have a baby. Like I said before, HPV is the most common STD. Some statistics say 85% of America has HPV. (laughs) Okay. Whether it causes genital warts or not, it's still the same virus. Okay. So it's not like if you get pregnant that virus is going to cross the placenta and uh, uh, cause your baby to have genital warts or cervical cancer. Like that's not how these viruses work. Okay. So if you're considering getting pregnant, this is not your reason not to get pregnant. Pick another reason if you don't want to get pregnant, but you, you can definitely get pregnant with HPV because like I said, 85% of America has had it. Okay. Now in terms of warts, like I say, most people, They'll have an outbreak, just like HSV with with uh, herpes. Most people will have one or two lifetime outbreaks and it's treated very easily with cream. So we treat it with, you know, a cream uh, 5-FU or 5-Fluorouracil. Uh, you cannot use that one in pregnancy. Podophyllin cream. They can be removed surgically. They can be lasered off. And some of these treatments we're not going to give you in pregnancy. Okay. We can't give you 5FU because that's almost like a chemotherapy drug, but we can give you podophyllin cream. Okay. And we can do boric acid. So there are certain things we can do to treat these even in pregnancy. And obviously we can surgically remove them in pregnancy. But if they're inside of the vagina, then one, you need to be treated systemically, okay? Two, you can be pregnant, but you may need to have a C-section because it may block the baby from getting out through the birth canal, okay? 
herpes, uh, not herpes, excuse me, HPV warts can get very, very large, okay? And they can be very, very firm. So it's not like you touch them and they're, they're just going to fall off. They have to be frozen, lasered, cut off, or you have to take creams or medications that are going to decrease your immune system to then allow your body to get rid of that virus, okay? But the most factual information I can give you is general warts are not going to cause harm to the pregnancy, okay? If you have a lot of warts that obstruct the birth canal, so are in the vagina or blocking the cervix, then you may need a C-section. So that's the worst case scenario with the HPV is you may need a C-section, but it's not going to cause any harm to the baby. And you likely won't have an outbreak during your pregnancy, okay? Herpes, um, you are more likely to have outbreak. That's why we start you on suppression. HPV, yeah, I mean, it's a virus that can reactivate, but I seldom see outbreaks of warts in pregnancy, especially ones that are going to obstruct the birth canal. Um, so you need a C-section. So I, I would say don't hesitate to have a baby if you want to have a baby, if you've had some genital warts in the past, because nine times out of 10, you won't have any more in your future. So the case pearl for this case is genital warts or HPV is not a reason to avoid pregnancy. If you have obstructive warts in your pregnancy, meaning they're blocking the opening of the cervix, then you may need a C-section. All right, medical intern, what's our second case? Our second case is a 26-year-old who is 31 weeks pregnant with her first child. She recently had vaginal itching, pain, and irritation, followed by what felt like small open sores on her vagina last week. Her OBGYN told her that she was having a herpes outbreak and prescribed Valtrex. However, the patient doesn't want to take the medicine because she read that it could harm her baby. She was referred for a second opinion about the safety of Valtrex and the risk of herpes during pregnancy. Valtrex and acyclovir are treatments for um, herpes in and out of pregnancy. It is safe to take in pregnancy and you should take it. You want to make sure you're getting rid of those lesions before you deliver. And the good thing is you're only 31 weeks. So you have nine more weeks before your due date and you have six more weeks before your full term. And if you've listened to other podcasts or you know, full term is anything 37 weeks and up, your due date is 40 weeks. So take the Valtrex or Acyclovir now, Valtrex is a little bit more than acyclovir. Acyclovir is going to be your generic uh, medicine. Either way, you're going to take your Valtrex twice a day. They're 500 milligrams twice a day um, for um, for uh, two weeks. And then you take acyclovir 400 milligrams three times a day for two weeks. And then you're going to be on suppression for the rest of the pregnancy. The rest of the pregnancy, you're going to be on suppression. So it's very good to get treated this early because let's say you have lesions at the end of the pregnancy because you haven't taken your medicine. Well, one, that would mean that you need a C-section. And two, if you don't have a C-section, you have active lesions that are, that the baby comes in contact with. Babies can get con- congenital disease, okay? And herpes can cause a world Herpes can cause herpes encephalitis, which is going to be the the worst thing that we worry about, which, you know, are talking about cognitive delay. Okay. Encephalitis affects the brain of the baby. So we want to make sure that you're treated well. The baby can't get herpes if you're not ruptured and it's in pregnancy. Okay. We worry about the baby getting 
contact with lesions if your water breaks. So if you have pre uh, premature pre-labor rupture of membranes, um, then that means that the baby could be exposed, that amniotic fluid is exposed to the vagina. So there's a chance that a baby can get congenital disease that way. But most of the time, it would not be until the baby passes through the birth canal. So you can rest assured that your baby is not going to get congenital disease right now, but we, but you need to be treated. Okay. Um, cause nobody wants to deal with that. And plus I know you're miserable. Okay. Herpes causes super painful lesions and you don't want to have to deal with that for the rest of the pregnancy. And there's not an alternative that we can give you, uh, that's topical that you can be treated with for genital herpes. So yes, uh, Valtrex is safe. That is the case, Pearl. It is safe. So please take the medicine. All right, so what's our email question? This one says, Dr. Plenty, I have herpes, but don't want my family to know that I have it. Right now, I've been told that I can have two people in the delivery room with me. My husband and his mother plan on being there since my family lives out of the country. My mother-in-law is very nosy. She'll ask about everything I'm getting before it's given because she's encouraging me to do things naturally. My OBGYN said I will need to be on suppression through the pregnancy. How will I be able to hide this during labor? So it's not like we're hanging bags of acyclovir. I mean, so you're taking a pill for suppression either once or twice a day, depending on if you're taking Valtrex or or acyclovir. And you may be on treatment if you are, if you have an active lesion. So for me, the goal is to make sure you're treated and you don't have any active lesions. But if that's the case, you're, you're, you're on suppression. So I don't want you to think this is like, you know, you're going to have something hanging. So you, you could rest assured you're going to take your medicine before you leave the house that morning. And then you're going to go to the hospital. Nobody's going to, you know, there's not going to be a bag hanging for treatment during labor, if that's what you're thinking. Um, but I will say this. Your nurse does have to go over your history. Usually the family will be in the waiting area while they get you checked in and the nurse will say, hey, you have a history of HSV. When was your last outbreak? Do you know of any lesions? They usually do that outside of the room. But let's say your husband comes in with you. Hopefully your husband knows. Um, But let's say your husband comes in with you at at check-in and your mother-in-law you know, kindly ask the nurse, hey, can you, you know, have my family step out while you're taking my history? And you can also tell your doctor that. And so they can place an order for that if you don't want to ask your nurse to do that in front of your family. So um, so that's one way. And, and two, you know, you can tell this is your life. OK, this is your baby. OK, this is your labor process. And I understand that your mother-in-law wants to be there, but you honestly don't have to have her there. Okay. You have an excuse right now. They're allowing two people in the delivery room, but honestly, if you're still pregnant right now, by the time you deliver, even in Texas, we're not, there's not many hospitals allowing more than one person in the delivery room. So that may be your saving grace, but you even still, you can always tell your mother-in-law, Hey, because of COVID, we're going to just have him in the delivery room and we'll see you at the house. Okay. That is a good enough excuse. Even if the hospital doesn't limit people, you can limit people yourself and say, because of COVID, we're going to restrict people. Okay. And always, if you don't feel comfortable saying something in front of other people, you don't have to. If the nurse asks you a question, 
um, you can tell her you would rather not answer if somebody's in the room or you can answer no. And then whenever you tell your husband to go and get you whatever food you want, call the nurse and say, hey, listen, I told you no, but I really did not want X, Y, and Z person to know about my condition. You know, just make sure that they know the truth as soon as you can, if you don't want people to know. Uh, I know that a lot of people deal with this because they have HIV, right? They're HIV positive. Before COVID, they can have two other people in the room. So you can have like a total of three people in the room. But we're literally hanging bags of AZT continuously while people are in labor. And we cannot tell your medical history. Like legally, we should not tell your medical history. That is a HIPAA violation, even if it's a person that you allow in the room. So if somebody's asking questions about medication, the nurses are very well abreast that they are saying, oh, we're just hanging medicines to make sure the baby's going to be healthy, or this is just protocol to hang this medicine. So these are professionals you are dealing with, so they will not share your medical history, okay? So the biggest risk you have would be when you're coming in the hospital and have to clarify your history coming in, okay? So make sure you talk to your provider and tell them your wishes, but with HSV and not HIV, there's not medicines we're constantly and continuously hanging, so you can breathe there. You're gonna take your medicine for suppression and then go in. All right, medical intern, do we have any other questions? Yes, we do. This one says, Dr. Plenty, I recently went to my well woman exam and found out that I have syphilis. I started on treatment, but am not sure how I got it. I've been with my boyfriend for a year now, and we've been talking about getting married and having kids. I know I did not cheat on him, and I was STD free at my exam two years ago. Does this mean that he's been cheating on me? Ooh, y'all like to send these kind of questions. The short answer is, no, it doesn't mean he's been cheating on you, okay? Now, what I would encourage you to do and what I encourage all patients to do, especially when I did GYN stuff, I would say, hey, all I can do is tell you the facts. The facts are, you had your well woman exam, your pap smear, and your test came back positive for syphilis. We're gonna treat you and your partner needs to be treated. You need to have a conversation with your partner, okay? And that's whether you want to say, hey, the doctor wants to talk to us and you tell that you have the doctor, give the information and tell them that you need to be treated or whether you're gonna talk to that person first together, but you should not have sex while you're getting treatment, okay? And if you have no idea how long you've been with syphilis, then that means you really need three doses. So basically three doses of penicillin a week apart to make sure that we're not treating you for, you know, a latent syphilis or, you know, secondary syphilis, okay? So if you are acutely infected and you know the date, then you might not only need one dose. But if you don't know the date, then... Theoretically, we got to make sure that we're treating you um, effectively. So you would need three doses of penicillin. And so does he. So I would, if I know I have not cheated on my boyfriend or husband and I had syphilis and I was good before I met him and I was good two years ago, I would go home and say, listen, I got tested positive for an STD. Have you been cheating on me? Don't lie to me. Have you been cheating on me? And if he is very adamant that he has not been cheated, uh, he's, he has not been cheating, then the next step would be to, to have him tested, okay? If he's negative, then you know it's not from him, <laughs> okay? It, it's from you. And I say that because syphilis is one that can be around for a really long time. 
and you not know it. Okay. Like I say, people have painless shankers and you may have had a lesion and not knowing, and you've been with this person for a year. So let's say you were sexually active with somebody else between when you got your exam two years ago and when you met your boyfriend. Yes, you could have contracted syphilis from another sexual partner and you could be the person that gave your boyfriend syphilis or you could give your boyfriend syphilis. Now, on the other hand, he could have had syphilis coming into the relationship and also not knowing it because he could have had a painless shanker and not know what it was, even if he saw it, that then went away. And then he could have given you syphilis. So I say that to say an honest conversation needs to happen. But either one of you could have had syphilis before you met each other a year ago and infected each other. So I wouldn't go into this with the blame game. But if you know that your boyfriend is a cheater, then you got to take what he says with a grain of salt anyway, okay? But if you trust him, if you have a good relationship, if you've never suspected him of cheating, then really all you can do is take his word for it and he take your word for it because he's going to be looking at you like, no, well, maybe you're the person that gave it to me. And know that both of you could have gotten this before, okay? This is a painless disease that can be around for a really long time. And no, it does not mean that either one of you has cheated. And I wish you the best of luck with that conversation. And if you need help having that conversation, then you should talk to your OBGYN about having both of you come in and getting both of your questions answered. Because a lot of people, I've had this conversation with countless people that come in and say, tell him I there's a possibility that this could have been around in a long time. And I tell people all the time, yes, it could be around a long time. Doesn't necessarily mean that either one of you cheated on each other. Okay. That is why it is important to remain diligent in getting well woman exams annually. Even if you're not time for a pap, you need to get a well woman exam and your boyfriend needs to get an annual exam for his little area too. Okay. And You also need to pay attention to your body. If there's something there, even if it doesn't hurt, get that checked out. Get that checked out to make sure it's not like a painless sore that causes something like syphilis. Okay. All right. I think that's all the cases that we have for the day. And my medical intern is shaking her head. Yes. So thanks so much for listening to Pregnancy Pearls podcast. I hope you've learned more about what condoms don't protect you against. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to share with a friend and rate and comment. If you or someone you've known has had a pregnancy complication or unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypearls at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also, remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancy pearls. And don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com for says pregnancy pearls with Dr. Plenty for more quick talks about pregnancy complications. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening. Bye.
Pregnancy Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a mean old lion media production. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 